Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning to you. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. Welcome aboard for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say there's no collusion. And a jury is set for the trial of the Pulse gunman's widow. Details coming up in one minute. And good news for the president on the House Intel Committee findings. We'll talk about it. And I have a Stormy Daniels theory to run by you in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. Coming up on 602 here on News Radio 1025, Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say their investigation found no evidence of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. Texas Congressman Mike Conaway said the committee's Republican majority prepared a 150-page report for Democrats on the committee to review. It's expected to be handed over today. Conaway said while there was no evidence of collusion, there may have been some bad judgments or inappropriate meetings. The report will also say that Russia did not prefer Donald Trump as a candidate. During the investigation, the House panel interviewed dozens of witnesses and reviewed thousands of documents. But the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee says this investigation isn't over. Uh, We're going to continue to do the investigation. Uh, It'll obviously be much more difficult. We've never had the power to call in witnesses, uh, but we've learned a great deal when the majority would. Schiff's also said journalists and special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation will help illuminate the matter further. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is defending the new White House proposal on curbing gun violence. We will ensure our schools are safe and secure, just like our airports, stadiums, and government buildings. Second, strengthening background checks and prevention. Third, reforming mental health programs. In a briefing yesterday, Sanders rejected suggestions that President Trump has backed away from raising age limits on gun purchases. Sanders said the entire issue of reducing gun violence in the wake of the mass shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County is still being reviewed. She also suggested that there's not enough support in Congress on raising age limits. And we're going to talk about that. I've got a lot of polling on that in the 7 o'clock hour. And if there's not support there, the question is why? And we'll get into that issue and the president backing away from raising the gun minimum age to 21 for all firearms. One hour from now, Tom. And people have been talking about it for Ever since the shooting happened. Well, the president's done a 180 here, and I'm sorry. He caved to the NRA, and I believe that's the truth. A lot of us don't have much spring in our step this first week after springing forward, but Kent Donahue, a spokesman for the Florida Department of Health in Orange County, has some advice for adjusting to the time change. First of all, 20 to 30 minutes prior to going to bed, turn off all the screens. So that's your TV, your smartphones, your laptops. Think about reading a book maybe doing some stretching exercises. Certainly you want to avoid any sugar snacks or sugary drinks, and that includes uh, caffeine as well. Also, avoid any temptation to have a glass of wine before bed. It may help you sleep faster, but it can mess up your sleep cycle. All of this over a one-hour time change? You know, you'd be surprised, but I, my toddler still hasn't adjusted, and he has no concept of, you know, the clock or anything. It's well, just... I definitely recommend no wine for the toddler. <laughs> I'm on That's board with that. You Sound know. parenting okay, advice. Bud. There you go. <laughs> what else? You <laughs> little got? added value for our listeners there you this are. morning. No charge. <laughs> WFLA News Time now is six oh five. You can read about the animal shelter that captured a bumbling 
Gumball Bandit on video at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. With Tom Alexander in for Deb. You know, Tom, I was teasing Deb. She had three scheduled days off uh, Tuesday through Thursday of this week. And I was teasing her. Is that how long it takes you to recover from the one-hour time change? Because she has all kinds of trouble with it. And, and I, I really shouldn't poke fun because there are folks out there who just have all kinds of trouble with it. I never even notice it, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it's different for everyone. And I would think I think working <laughs> these, this early morning shift like we do, it's your sleep pattern is even more delicate sometimes because you're already – Kind of fighting against the grain. Well, I'm so chronically short of sleep that I'm at an hour. I'm you just kidding? used to it by now. <laughs> I do feel like people were extra tense yesterday. Maybe they didn't even notice it, but just little things in people Come I interacted on, I was with. Mr. Mellow, as always, <laughs> Yaffe. You didn't yeah, detect uh-huh. any of that in the Bud Man, did uh, you? Okay. Maybe just uh-huh. a little, huh? All right. Tom, nice to have you with us. We'll catch you for news at the bottom of the hour whenever it breaks along the way. Alongside Yaffe in the control room, we've got Stephanie. She'll be screening your calls. Our number is 407-916-5400. Our text line, never busy, 23680, but standard message and data rates apply there. It's Good Morning Orlando on a Tuesday for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Um, a little bit more, um, I need to say a few things about this House Intel Committee report ending their investigation, finding no collusion of the Trump campaign or the president with the Russians, okay? And uh, I also have a a theory on this Stormy Daniels story, the porn star alleging to have an affair with the president back in the last decade, just after he'd gotten married to Melania. He's denying everything, as he always does with the women, and he's certainly entitled to the presumption of innocence. Suddenly, Stormy Daniels wants to give back the 130 thousand dollar quote-unquote hush money check that she got to not tell her story about her and Donald Trump back in 2006 or so. Um, I have a theory on what's going on here with Stormy Daniels. I cannot prove it, but I really do believe it. I want to run it by you in a moment and see whether or not you think the Bud Man is on to something. Right now, immediately, stay tuned for your chance to win $1,000 in our hourly Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Here it comes. Listen for the key word of the hour, and it's coming right up now. Then text that word to 200-200, and yeah, you could win $1,000. So that's coming up, followed immediately by my first update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. So the House Intel Committee, the Republican majority, has issued its report after 14 months saying we have found no evidence of collusion, coordination, or conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians. The president, in all caps, tweets in response. The House Intelligence Committee has, after a 14-month-long in-depth investigation, found no evidence of collusion or coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. And now, of course, the Democrats, Adam Schiff, the uh, ranking member in the minority party, saying this is not the finding of the House Intel Committee, but just a statement by its Republican members who lack the courage to stand up to a president of their own party when the national interest necessitates it. 
I don't know. I mean, it, this is, when is this, all of this going to end with the Russian thing and the collusion allegations? Nothing's coming to this, and it's making the Democrats crazy. 14 months? Looks like a very thorough report to me. Having said that, this doesn't get the president off the hook. Mueller is still out there, the special counsel, and we don't know where he's headed. He may not be going down the collusion rabbit hole or not going down it anymore. But he could be headed for, you know, for lodging an obstruction of justice charge or something against the president that could potentially be serious. We have no idea. But to be honest with you, as we speak this morning, I am more worried about Trump and these women. Primarily now, Stormy Daniels, the porn star. And I think I know what's going on here, and nobody else is talking about it, and let me make the case. First of all, let me get you up to date here, okay? She alleges she had a, an affair with Donald Trump right around the time he had gotten married to Melania and gotten her pregnant with their son, Barron, now 12 or 13 years of age, okay? And um, Trump's lawyer, Trump says, apparently, or at least, his, at least his lawyer says he did it all on his own, paid $130,000 just before the 2016 election um, so that Stormy would just keep quiet about the alleged affair. And Trump denies all of this with all of these women who have made these allegations over the years of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual impropriety of one measure or another. All of a sudden, through her lawyer, Stormy Daniels has offered to return the $130,000 quote-unquote hush money check she received from Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, in 2016, in exchange, apparently, for agreeing not to discuss this alleged relationship because of the, of the political earthquake it could create just before the election. And now a letter has been sent from Stormy Daniels' attorney to Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, saying, we want to give the check back. We'll wire the money to an account of Mr. Trump's choosing by Friday. Noon deadline today given by Stormy Daniels' lawyer for Trump's lawyer to respond to the offer. We don't know whether they have or not. And when the money goes back into the Trump account, what the lawyer for Stormy Daniels is saying is that Stormy Daniels, whose real name is, um, what is it, Clifford? I don't know. I don't follow. Stephanie Clifford. Um, that she'll now be allowed to speak openly and freely about um, any relationship she had with the president. Now, there'll be no attempts to silence her. She'll be able to publish any text messages, photos, and or videos. And, and the lawyer says she's got them relating to the president that she may have in her possession without any fear of retribution or legal liability for damages. It puts the president, I think, and his team in a pretty tough spot here. Um, I'll tell you what I think is going on. Why would Stormy Daniels return or offer to return that much money? Because I believe she is making or stands to make vastly more that will be filtered to her by those who are invested in taking down President Donald Trump. It's not working with the Russians. The economy's on fire. 
things are working out for this president, there's one last chance to get him, and it's the women. More specifically, it is Stormy Daniels. More on my theory here in a moment. I think there are people who hate Trump, who have the Trump derangement syndrome big time and worse than ever, that are, that are literally, she, they, they will make her a multimillionaire, give back the $130,000, get the whole story out there, and it'll be so unsavory that it will destroy the credibility of the president and any chance he has for a second term. That's what I think is going on. I can't prove it, but I believe it. Why else would Stormy Daniels want to give back $130,000? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Am I right or wrong on that? How do you see it? Can I fail to give you the matchup in Winter Park for mayor? Incumbent... Mayor Steve Leary being challenged by U.S. Navy veteran and former Haines City official Jim Fitch. Updates uh, coming up here on the other Orange County races today, Election Day, in a couple of our towns and cities. Um, I really do think this porn star, Stormy Daniels, who supposedly got $130,000 check from Trump's attorney acting on his own just before the election, so she wouldn't tell her story about her alleged affair with Trump right around the time that he was getting married to Melania. Um, and now she says to her lawyer she wants to give it back. Listen, Stormy Daniels is a porn star, okay? She goes through men for a living. This is not a woman scorned because Trump didn't wind up marrying her. This is not somebody with nurturing hurt feelings for more than a decade, who decides she wants some justice here. She is being used, I believe. I have no idea what her politics are. I don't even know if she is political in any way. But she, I believe, is being used by forces out to destroy this president who can't find a way to do it. And the last chance is the women, and it's the most vulnerable area for this president. I've said that before, okay? Remember with Al Franken, what got him out of the Senate for Minnesota, okay, were not the allegations of sexual harassment, etc. It was when that photograph came out of him looking like he was about to, you know, take advantage of a woman sleeping on a plane. That was the killer. I think there are, there are I don't know whether it's Soros or who it is, but there's lots of people out there with lots of money who think, ah, if we could take down the president, I don't care if it costs us $10 million under the table to Stormy Daniels. By God, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. we got to do it. we got to destroy him. You know they're everywhere. And so she wants to give back the 130 because it winds up as chump change. She'll become independently wealthy. Won't have to do this unsavory work unless she wants to for the rest of her life. Why else would she want to give back $130,000 and then open the door to her being able to put all this stuff out there that I'm sorry, if they've got the pictures and the videos she claims to have, it could be awful for the credibility of the president and for his reelectability as well. Do you know what I'm saying here, Yaffe? I can't prove it, but it all adds up to that to me. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. She, she has the ability to make a lot of money off of this. I mean, with just think of a book deal. If she came out with her own book, yeah. it would probably sell really well. Yeah. So why keep the money that she got from Trump 
when she can make a lot more on the other end. Robert, you've been listening to my take on this and Yaffe's as well. Good morning from DeBerry, Robert. Good morning, bud. Uh, I, I agree with you somewhat. I don't know if anybody is actually um, funding her or propping her up. I think that she just looks at it as an opportunity to make a lot more money. I'm sure that they're in the background cheering her on. Yep. Um, but I don't know if anybody got to her and said, hey, you, you, know, you need to do this. I think that she just looked at it and said, wow, you know, I can really tell a story here and, and make a lot of money. I think that's her motivation because I think, you know, again, I don't want to disparage anybody and what they do for a living, but she's an opportunist and she's going to look at it as an opportunity to make more money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just wanted to make a comment. I know that you haven't talked about it yet, but you teased it a little bit about the Twitter. I think all of social media is successful. Uh, when the, the campaign was starting, I was on Facebook and I can tell you that uh, ruined a lot of relationships within my family and friends. And since then, I just decided I'm not doing any more social media. I dropped out for all of it, and I can't tell you I'm a lot happier for it. There you're out of the cesspool, Robert. Thank you. That's a good story to launch us into our visit to Yaffe World here because Yaffe says Twitter's a cesspool. And, uh, and, and, and the question is then, all right, can it be cleaned up? And with the First Amendment freedoms, should it be cleaned up? That's where we're headed in the next half hour. And, Robert, thank you. I hope you'll be able to stay with us and, and you as well. Who's now and in for Deb this morning, Tom Alexander, and um, focusing first, Tom, on a story we discussed a bit earlier in this hour. That's right, bud. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say they have not discovered any collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. Texas Congressman Mike Conaway said the committee's Republican majority will turn over a 150-page report to Democrats today for the committee to review. Congressman Adam Schiff, however, the committee's top Democrat, says the investigation should not be over. He slammed Republicans for not being objective during the investigation. Uh, it became apparent really from very early on, uh, from almost a year ago with that midnight run to the White House, that the Republicans on the committee viewed their job as protecting the president, not investigating what took place. Schiff says it will be up to journalists and special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation now to illuminate the matter further. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The adult film star who reportedly had an affair with President Trump is giving the president's lawyer a deadline. Stormy Daniels wants Trump attorney Michael Cohen to respond to her by noon today about her offer to return the money Cohen gave her. Cohen gave Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, $130,000 shortly before the 2016 election, allegedly to keep quiet about her relationship with the president back in 2006. She said yesterday she'll give the money back in return for assurances the president's team won't try to stop an interview that she did with CBS's 60 Minutes from going to air. Investigators in Texas believe three package bombings are related. We do not have a specific victimology or ideology that we have identified. So assigning a motive to this at this point, we're not possible to do that based on the stage that we're at in the investigation. Austin Police Chief Brian Manley says there is evidence suggesting the same person sent the parcel bombs, including two that exploded yesterday. The third explosion happened earlier this month. Two people are dead and two others are seriously injured. So far, a motive hasn't been determined. The FBI and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms are involved in the investigation. 
And locally, the tone of Brevard County politics is helping drive one candidate out of a race for county commissioner. Merritt Island lawyer Robin Hathaway last week withdrew from the District 2 race. Instead, she entered the race for Canaveral Port Authority in District 5. The Port Authority position pays almost $50,000 a year less than the county commission seat. But Hathaway says it will be the best use of her talents. She also tells Florida Today she's been troubled by a split on the county commission and the atmosphere surrounding the meetings. WFLA News Time now, 636. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Thank you, Tom. And next stop, New York City, as we bring in Gina Cervetti live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in the Big Apple with today's Bloomberg Business Report. Good Tuesday morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. You guys going to get slammed by another snowstorm up there? What are they saying? I don't think it's going to be too bad. I think that the worst of it is going to hit north of us. Uh, it was coming down at a pretty good clip when I came in, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're expecting anything too awful. At least I'm keeping my fingers crossed at this point. I think we're all pretty tired of it. I bet you've had (laughs) enough. I can well understand that. But back to business at hand. Let's check out the stock market, shall we? Right. Well, we have the stock futures indicating a higher Wall Street open. We have investors awaiting a report on consumer prices for February, and that will get a lot of attention. Stocks mostly slipped a bit yesterday ahead of the inflation reading today. The Dow is down 157 points, a decline of about six-tenths percent. It closed at 25,179. The S&P 500 fell about four points, or a tenth of a percent, to 2783. The Nasdaq was up 28 to 75.88. We had the Bloomberg Orlando index slipping about one half of one percent. And Bloomberg's perspective on breaking news from late yesterday, President Trump blocking a hostile bid by Broadcom to take over Qualcomm. What can you tell us, Gina? Well, we are seeing Qualcomm shares this morning slipping uh, some on this news. The president stepped in to block Singapore-based Broadcom's hostile bid for Qualcomm, which is based in San Diego. This would have been the biggest ever tech deal, but the president cited national security concerns. Although Broadcom is based in Singapore, as we mentioned, China loomed large over the government's fears about a foreign takeover of Qualcomm, and that's because Qualcomm is locked in a head-to-head race with China's Huawei Technologies over which company will dominate the development of the next generation wireless technology. Interesting. And also, Bloomberg has a focus this morning on gunmaker Sturm Ruger in the wake of the um, school massacre here in Florida nearly a month ago. A lot of pressure uh, to ban not only the sales, but the manufacturers of um, semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15 that was used. Sturm Ruger with a message to shareholders on where it stands on all of this and gun safety. What's the story? The gunmaker has written to shareholders to defend its commitment to firearms safety and calling gun violence a law enforcement issue. The letter comes after multiple companies severed ties with the NRA while some retailers placed restrictions on gun sales in the wake of the Parkland school shooting. Sturm Ruger does not plan to stop making or selling rifles designed to fire semi-automatically. It supports the right of law-abiding citizens to own them, it says, while noting that it does not sell firearms directly to retailers or consumers. 
And um, Amazon, always up to something new. Now, what, they got a credit card they're coming out with? What's the deal? Yeah, Amazon plans to offer a new credit card to small business customers who shop on its website. They hope this will also lead to some other offerings such as business insurance for its small business customers. And before you go, I'm fascinated with a story out of the U.S. auto industry. Um, GM has got a new strategy. What's this all about? Yeah, General Motors plans to start a pilot program this summer that will enable car owners to rent out their vehicles when they are not using them. According to people familiar with the matter, the test will start in early summer through GM's Maven car sharing unit. GM vehicle owners will be able to put their cars on Maven's platform for other drivers to rent and share the revenue with the automaker. Very interesting to see how that plays out. Gina, thank you so much. Gina Cervetti live with a Bloomberg Business Report from New York City. Catch you tomorrow morning, Gina. All right, bud. Take care. All right. All aboard. We're heading to Yaffe World. My executive producer, Yaffe, says Twitter's a cesspool. All right. My question to my executive producer then, our resident king of social media, if it's a cesspool, how do we clean it up? And with the First Amendment freedoms we have, should we clean up Twitter? Yaffe World next, and we invite you to be along for the ride and to give us a call in reaction to Yaffe's comments. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Now, Good Morning Orlando again probes the mysterious world of the millennials to reveal how and what young America thinks. It's another spine-tingling journey into Yaffe World. Yaffe's our executive producer, and he's our resident king of social media. He knows what Twitter's all about, Facebook, any social media platform you can name. And Mike, I'll tell you, last week it really caught my attention when we were having a three-way conversation over a story Deb had brought us in the news about how fake news studies show travels much faster than real news. And you responded right. from that microphone and you said... I said Twitter is a cesspool. This morning I want you to flesh that out, make the case, and then tell me, can it be cleaned up? Should it be cleaned up? Well, the reason why Twitter is a cesspool is, frankly, if you go on there, you see some people say the nastiest things to each other, the most divisive, hateful things to each other. I mean, for example, after Billy Graham died, the great evangelist, right. I saw people on Twitter saying hateful things about him, about that. It was all over social media. And it's just it's just one of these things that it just spreads and... I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you have to take a shower after it, going it, on it Twitter. Gives people, um, um, it, it gives people a shield they don't right. have. They would not say things to the, 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 these people, uh, these awful things face-to-face. Exactly. It's kind of the high-tech version of talking behind someone's back. Exactly. It emboldens them to say some of the most divisive, hateful things because you're not face-to-face. Except I think this is starting to spread into our face-to-face culture, unfortunately. I think it has coarsened the culture. I think your point yes. is well taken. Has Twitter always been a cesspool? I don't know how long has it been around, 10 years or so? Um, I don't know if it's always been. I mean, when it first started, there wasn't enough people on it. Yeah. So it probably wasn't as bad to begin with. Facebook the same way, but with so many people on it all the time, constantly giving their opinions, yes, it has become kind of a cesspool. 
So what do people do about it? I mean, is it something that can be fixed or is it the nature of the beast? And let me also say, you could make the case it's the ultimate manifestation of our First Amendment freedoms to yeah. say what we want without threat of, um, of, of, you know, of, of legal consequences, well, and, unless it's in the area of obscenity, et cetera, you know, the yeah. obscenity laws. Well, the executives at Twitter are reaching out to users, trying to find ways to make it better. One thing they did do is they made you able to say more in one tweet. It was limited to so many characters. Yeah, it and went they... from 140 to 280. Yeah. So I think that helps a little bit. I don't think there's anything Twitter or even Facebook can really do in terms of the platform. I think this is a cultural issue. And what I mean by that is I think we have to teach a new ethics, basically, on how to deal with each other, including social media. You know, in our culture, we have ethics dealing with each other person to person Mm -hmm. in the workplace. These things are kind of taught and it's kind of known in the culture. Social media is kind of a new beast. It's kind of a new animal. And we kind of are still figuring out how to do it. And I don't think, I think it's a dangerous road, though, when you start going, asking Twitter or Facebook to censor speech. I don't think that's the answer. And frankly, I don't know how they could do it. And I don't know if it could work without just, you know, people leaving it. I mean, it's instantaneous. I mean, you put something up, it's right out there in the stream of Twitter communications everywhere, right? I mean, it isn't like it goes into some holding tank for somebody at Twitter to decide whether it is suitable for public consumption or not. Bam, it is out there. And, And, you know, what they could do is delete your account afterwards or delete it afterwards. But you're right. It would still be out there. And if they started censoring speech, what would happen is people would just go to another platform and that platform would take off and then Twitter would die or something like that. So censoring speech, I don't think is the answer. I think it's a cultural issue that we're still trying to figure out as people. Yeah. You know, if there is an actual cesspool out there, you are not required to dive into it. You know, Robert, we (laughs) had on the line here a half an hour ago, and he said, I'm out of social media. I don't do it anymore. He doesn't go in the cesspool. People have that option, but I I think people feel that they have to be on these social media platforms. They do not. Well, if you're in our business and you're trying to grow your business in terms of media, you almost do have to be in it. I've tried to limit it a little bit because it has kind of bothered me as well. And I, But there are some good things about social media. There's good things about Twitter and Facebook as well. I'm able to connect with people that I was yeah. never able to connect to before. And like President Trump was able to connect with voters like no president ever had before. So there's definitely some good things as well. I don't want to take that away. Yeah. But it, I think it's a cultural thing. President Trump has used uh, Trump uh, uh, Twitter to enormous advantage. And, and, and I believe he's exploded uh, the usage of Twitter right. just by how successful he's been communicating on that. We're going to leave Yaffe World open for your reaction. Is Yaffe right that Twitter is a cesspool? Do you agree or disagree? Do you swim in that cesspool? Or have you decided to sidestep it? What about your kids? Is there a way to clean up Twitter if it's a cesspool? And with the First Amendment, is that something we should do? 407-916-5400. Text your thoughts to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
Gaffey, you've got a spirited defense of Twitter on the text line coming in. Share it with us. Well, yes, one person says this, says Twitter is the ultimate truth. Like it or not, the media does not tell the truth or the facts. Um, would rather take Twitter over them, the media. There is that aspect of it. It's completely unfiltered, you know, and, and, and you don't have to rely on, you know, on some quote-unquote credible news source, you know, for your information. You right. have direct access, really, to the entire world that has never existed before. Yeah, and there's been a lot of people that have broken news on Twitter and Facebook that might not have gotten out there before social media. I just don't see that cultural change you think we need to make it less of a cesspool is ever going to happen. That's too big a ship to turn around, I think. Really? I really do. I don't see it. Wow, you're pessimistic. Well, no, I'm not. I think I'm realistic. Here's Gary in Orlando. Gary, you're up. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good. How do you enjoy your visit to Yaffe World? <laughs> well, let's put it like this. The Twitter world is a little bit rough on the language and, and some of the topics, but... We got freedom of speech, man, so let it roll, let it roll. And, you know, you just brought up a good comment, or your friend has brought up a good comment that, that you know, if, if something's brought up on Twitter, that it hasn't been brought up on social media, or is something that social media is trying to play down or to uh, to not mention, right? and someone goes and mentions that on Twitter, you know, that's like a reliable news source. You know, just people comment. You know, it's, it's talk. We talk. You talk. We're talking now. I got my opinion. You got your opinion. Opinions are opinions. Yep. You know, you know what it does? It takes our fundamental First Amendment freedoms of speech to a level not ever imagined, of course, by the Founding Fathers. It is the ultimate expression of those fundamentally American freedoms we cherish. You hit that right on the head. I want to let you know that, too. That was good. That was well said. Too. Well, thank you very much. Uh, every once in a while, you know, a, a blind squirrel gets a nut, so I actually say something that makes sense occasionally. Gary, it's great talking with you. I think the most insightful thing I said is what the reason Twitter is so coarse is it is the high-tech equivalent of talking behind someone's back, saying yeah. things you would never say to them face-to-face, and I'm sorry we do that all the time, all of us, don't we? Yeah, it really is. I, I agree with you 100% yeah. there. Yeah. I enjoyed the trip to Yaffe World. I think we ought to go more often. Do you have trips available <laughs> on a regular basis? Well, maybe. I'm on tonight, so <laughs> I do my own show. Well, come on. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight, and maybe I'll talk about this and whatever else is breaking. So that's always a trip to Yaffe World. Yeah, it really is for two hours a night, <laughs> 8 to 10, and then yeah. you'll be back with me tomorrow morning on the other side of the glass. Tying it all together is our amazing executive producer, Mike Yaffe. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we give you the very latest we have on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say they found no collusion with Russia. The Church of Scientology launches its own TV network. Details coming up in one minute. All the polls say raise the gun-buying age from 18 to 21. The president said he wanted to do it. Now he's backed away. What's going on here? Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 
703 on News Radio 1025. The Republican part of the House Intelligence Committee says its investigation found no collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. So it's ending the committee's investigation. Texas Congressman Mike Conaway said while they there was no evidence of collusion, there may have been some bad judgments or inappropriate meetings. Democrats on the committee say the Republican leadership has not pushed to obtain key documents and testimony in the course of the investigation. The Republicans expect to hand over a 150-page report for Democrats to review today. That report will say Russia did not prefer Donald Trump as a presidential candidate. That view is at odds with U.S. intelligence agencies, which all say Russia worked to help Trump's campaign by releasing negative information about Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A jury has been chosen in the trial of the Pulse gunman's widow. Lawyers yesterday chose 12 jurors and six alternates who will decide Nor Salman's fate. Her trial begins tomorrow for allegedly helping her late husband plan his deadly attack on the nightclub. Jurors will meet at a secret location and be taken to and from the courthouse every day by U.S. Marshals. By the way, we're sending our screener, Stephanie Mays, who loves the big trials, on down to the courthouse, try to get in there tomorrow, and report live to us on Good Morning Orlando, setting the scene as she waits online in um, in the early morning darkness tomorrow. So that's coming up on the Wednesday edition of the show here, Tom. That'll be exciting. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd will appear before the Polk County School Board today to discuss school security. Judd says he'll outline all the options his agency will be able to provide. It's the school system's responsibility to protect the children. If they ignore some of our recommendations, that's their responsibility. We'll try to craft as great a plan as the school board will let us to protect the children. Judd is a big supporter of having certain volunteer school staff members carry a weapon onto the campuses. But school superintendent Jacqueline Bird has announced she does not plan to allow armed school faculty. A controversial religious organization that's based right here in Florida is hoping to change public perception with its own TV network. Last night, the Church of Scientology launched the Scientology Network. The programming started with church leader David Miscavige speaking from the flag building in downtown Clearwater, which is the church's spiritual headquarters. Miscavige said, quote, there's a lot of talk about us and we get it adding, I can assure you we are not what you expect, end quote. Recent rains have washed away some of the pollen in the air, but this is still a busy time for doctors who treat people with allergies. We always have a lot of patients this time of year, absolutely for sure, because so many people have problems with their nose and eyes and, and wheezing and coughing. So where the pollen counts are very high, we have a huge number of people that need help. That's Dr. Richard Locke, an allergist in Tampa and a professor at the USF College of Medicine. He says if you suffer from allergies, it's important you get them treated because the inflammation that causes them can make you more susceptible to bacterial and viral infections. WFLA News Time Now, 7.07. You can read about the newborn baby mauled by a wolf hybrid dog at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 102.5. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander bringing us the news as Deb takes a couple of days off here. And uh, Yaffe's our producer and screening our calls, 407-916-5400. The number is Stephanie. We're talking about raising the minimum age 
for buying all guns to 21. It's now 18 for semi-automatics and and for long guns, rifles of all kinds, but it's been for 50 years at the federal level, 21 for handguns, okay? The president seemed wide open to that, as you will hear in a moment, just a few weeks ago in the wake of the uh, school massacre in Broward County. Now he's clearly backed away from it. What's going on here? We're going to talk about it together right after this. And this is your opportunity to win $1,000 now in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. I want you to listen right now for the key word of the hour, and it's coming right up right after the news at all three hours every day here in Good Morning Orlando at the top of the hour. Here it comes. Then listen for the key word, text it to 200-200, and you could win $1,000 We'll have the key word, then an update for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, of course, in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Some of you are going to be angry with me here. I am not caving on the Second Amendment. I still do fully believe in the right to bear arms. Don't misunderstand me. But I think it makes sense to unify the minimum age for buying all firearms for 50 years since legislation passed. At the federal level in 1968, the minimum age for buying a handgun has been 21. It's 18 for rifles, like the AR-15 used in the school massacre in Broward County nearly a month ago. And as I say often, because it is undeniably true, more often than not, the weapon of choice for these mass killings, okay? You can get one at 18, but you can't get a handgun until 21. Um, I think it should be unified at 21. And it doesn't mean I've caved on the Second Amendment. It only makes logical sense to me. It sounded like it made sense to the president. That would be exactly two weeks to go and today when he said this at the White House, and he's done a 180 on it. Now, listen to this. Somebody can buy a handgun at 21. Now, this is not a popular thing to say in terms of the NRA, but I'm saying it anyway. I'm going to just have to say it. But you can't... Buy, I mean, think of it. You can buy a handgun. You can't buy one. You have to wait till you're 21. But you can buy the kind of weapon used in the school shooting at 18. I think it's something you have to think about. I'm going to give it a lot of consideration, and I'm the one bringing it up. And a lot of people don't even want to bring it up because they're afraid to bring it up. It doesn't make sense that I have to wait till I'm 21 to get a handgun, but I can get this weapon at 18. So the president comes out with his gun proposal on Sunday night, and yesterday his press secretary, Sarah Sanders, is dancing all over the podium during the daily press briefing, saying he still supports that, but he hasn't put it in his proposal because it doesn't have enough support to actually get approved in the Congress. If that is true, and I think it probably is, I'll tell you two things. First of all, the president has caved on this because of pressure from the NRA that funded his campaign to the tune of $30 million and endorsed him earlier than they ever endorsed anybody for president. Okay? He's definitely caved on this to do this kind of a 180. And I see the NRA's hand in it. And if there's no political support in Congress, I think I see the NRA hand there too. Because you can go to one poll after another and see the people in this country in vast majorities, want the age ranged from 18 to 21 for all guns, okay? Which is where the president clearly was two weeks ago and is not today, or at least not nearly as enthusiastically. I want you to listen to this. 
I'm going to take you up the scale from one poll after another. Okay, and these are not all polls done by anti-gun polling organizations polling only anti-gun people. Okay, the polls are too diverse. What's really, really the common denominator here is the vast majorities of people who want the minimum age to buy any gun to be 21. Rasmussen, 67 percent want that. Survey USA, 68%. SSRS poll, 71%. Quinnipiac in Florida, 78% of Floridians. Morning Consult poll, 81%. Ipsos poll, 82% of Americans. And if the president says, I'm not putting that out there aggressively because there's not nearly enough support in Congress, the answer has to be, Why not? Why not? Normally, when you have this much polling with these vast majorities, you've got Congress all over reflecting the public's opinion. You don't have that now. What's going on here? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. And where are you? on unifying the minimum age for buying any firearm at 21. Taking the long guns, the AR-15s, all the rifles, from a minimum of 18 up to 21, where handguns have been in settled U.S. law for 50 years. 407-916-5400, I want to know what you think. Gaffey, do you agree with me? There's no other way to explain the president no longer prioritizing raising the minimum age for buying all guns to 21. That's pressure from the NRA that has been such an enthusiastic supporter of him. And there's pressure on Congress that, you know, that has that no movement there to do this, despite one poll after another showing vast majorities uh, who want this done. You know, I think the pressure from Congress might even be more than the pressure from the NRA. I just can't imagine what, what are the, what's the NRA going to do to Trump? There's no way the NRA is going to stop backing him. You know, I would find that surprising because what are they going to back the Democrat in the next election? I I don't know. I I find it very interesting. I I, I didn't like watching Sarah Sanders, you know, try to try to defend the indefensible, really. I mean, or, or not be honest about it. I'm sorry. That's the way I saw it yesterday. Clearly, the president has caved to the NRA on this, and they weren't going to say it that way. Just that, well, he still wants this, but it just can't get through Congress, so we'll need to prioritize other things that can get done. It was just, it was a nasty-looking dance, I thought, yesterday, and I didn't like it. Let's go to Jill in Orlando on all of this. First of all, where are you on raising the minimum age for all gun purchases to 21? Hi, bud. Um, I don't necessarily like it, but I do want you to stop vilifying the NRA for backing the president and all this other stuff. Second I'm all, not vilifying he's... the NRA. I'm not vilifying the NRA. I'm just telling you that they're responsible for the 180 and the lack of support in Congress. The NRA is fantastic. It's done a lot of great work, okay? But I don't have a problem with unifying the age at 21, and I don't like the idea that they filed suit over that here in the state of Florida. That's not going to end the Second Amendment any more than setting the gun age for a handgun 50 years ago at 21 did away with the Second Amendment. It didn't happen. 
okay, well then let's raise the age to vote. Let's raise to more 21. Let's raise the age to go in the military because we're talking 18, 21. These kids who are 18 who get this stuff, they don't have any more uh, thought process than the 21-year-old. So let's raise the age for all that other stuff, too. All right, that's where you are. Glenn, where are you? Good morning from Moss Park, my old friend. Hey, bud, let me tell you, I think a lot of people are missing the boat on this thing as well anyway. The reality is the NRA stands for responsible gun ownership, okay? And the whole issue, 99% of it with long guns comes down to hunting. It doesn't have to do with purchasing. Can you take your son at 16 years old and go hunting with a long gun if the long gun doesn't belong to him? Isn't that true? Up to the, It doesn't really matter. Because the, the bill refers to purchasing, not right. gun ownership. I agree with that. So, it's a great point you raise. So 99% of the responsible NRA gun owners are still going to allow their kids to have access to long guns. It's once again the unresponsible people that the law is supposed to catch, which never does. So it's all a moot point. And remember, the largest school shooting still has been committed with a handgun at, at a Virginia Tech. So... It still outweighs every other shooting that's been done with a long gun, I mean, other than Las Vegas. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Glenn, birth is in the land. Uh, What about it? Do we raise the uh, minimum age for all guns to 21 or not? No. And I'll tell you why. These children, like the lady said, they can go to war at 18. They can vote. But don't let me explain something. My brother was a teenager and his friends. They used to take... uh, a toy gun, in less than an hour they had to shooting real bullets. I knew he was going to be a cop when he grew up. That's not going to solve it. They're going to steal other people's guns. Leave it alone. All right, Bertha, thank you. I appreciate it. It's interesting. I mean, you know, the NRA has lived with the handgun age at 21 for 50 years. For 50 years. They're not filing suit over that every year. Since 1968. It makes no logical sense to me that we don't unify the age. It's been done here in Florida. It's triggered an NRA suit. president has wimped out and encaved. I'm sorry. I love the president. And I really love the NRA in so many ways, but come on. Bottom of the hour now, updating the news. And for Deborah Roberts, um, Tom Alexander with more on the Republicans on the House Intel Committee finding no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. They've um, ended their probe and put out their report. And a woman arrested for DUI on the way to her wedding. A story coming up from Tom in for Deb. Good morning to you. We're glad you're with us. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch here at 730. As you might well imagine, the 50,000-watt front porch very busy on the issue of whether or not to raise for the purchase of any gun... The minimum age from 18 to 21. Tom, you're in for Deb before you bring us the news. we got another call on the line I think we ought to take. Yeah, we do. Let's talk to Joe from Titusville. Joe, where are you on this? Uh, I believe they should raise the gun. They could do a carve-out for the military people, active duty and reserves, that they can get it early. Uh, But, you know, Congress hasn't done the will of the people for a long time. I mean... It's, this isn't just the only thing. There's a lot of things that the people want done that the House, for whatever political reasons, doesn't uh, I have to tell you, Joe, to, to a degree you're right, but I've never seen Congress more out of sync with vast public opinion than they are right now on this one particular issue. But thank you for weighing in. 
Tom, by the way, Yaffe monitors are incoming on the text line. Uh, what are folks saying there? Because they have not yet been heard, Mike. Well, bud, uh, a lot of people are not happy with you on your take on this. They feel like one person called you a libtard. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Gee, that Says, really can't hurts. can't believe you're blaming the, um, you're reading the polls and blaming the NRA. You say you support the Second Amendment. I do. But, yeah. There's, he's skeptical. He's I do. calling you names up here on the it's text line. Oh, okay. Anything else? <laughs> um, a lot of people are making the point that why is it you can do all these other things when you're 18? You can smoke. You can join the military. You have to go to selective service, but then you all can't right. buy a rifle. Well, you know what? There are different ages of different things. You know, you can't rent a car, Tom, until you're 25. Yeah. In most cases, yes. Lot, lots of luck there. You can't run for the U.S. Senate until you're 30. You can't run for the House until you're 35. Okay, can't uh, be 20, president. president. 25 for the House. President That's right, 25, 25 for the House, 30 for the Senate, 35 for president, right? right? You can't drink till you're 21. You can buy tobacco at 18, but you can't drink till you're 21. You know, so, anyway, I think we need to unify the age. You know, nobody's talking about bringing the handguns down to 18. So let's move the long guns up to 21 and call it a day. Anyway, Tom, what's going on in the news? We got big news out of the House Intel Committee on the Republican majority uh, with their report last night. Folks just joining us might want to be connected to that. That's right, bud. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee are ending their probe into the 2016 election. They say they found no evidence of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Texas Congressman Mike Conaway said that while they didn't find any collusion, there may have been some bad judgments or inappropriate meetings. Democrats on the committee say the GOP leadership hasn't pushed to obtain key documents and testimony in the case. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Ooh, I haven't heard that in a while. Very yeah. poetic, sir. Thank you. And the something borrowed for a bride out in Arizona was a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> a woman was arrested for driving under the influence on the way to her wedding. There is a picture online of the woman in the wedding gown being cuffed and put in the back of the patrol car. Police arrested the bride-to-be yesterday morning just outside of Tucson after a three-car crash. One person Ice. got hurt. My goodness. You know, I, I wouldn't have surprised me on the back end of some receptions that I've been to that somebody could get rung up for <laughs> yeah, a DUI. Yeah, before the ceremony is a little uncommon. In, and it scares me a little because it sounds like she needed to get her courage up a little bit and decided to have a few pops or something. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay, yeah, there the, you go on uh, that One story. of the officers uh, tweeted a very clever caption on the photo of the woman the saying, one. quote, don't drive impaired till death do we part doesn't need any help. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Good job. What else is going on? <laughs> well, we told you before about the woman who won the $560 million Powerball jackpot up in New Hampshire yeah. who wants to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. Well, a court up there ruled she can collect her winnings without revealing her identity. She challenged the New Hampshire lottery's rule that all the winners need to identify themselves to get their prize. She claimed it would be an invasion of privacy if she had to come forward publicly. Well, how do they know the money's going to the right person? Well, that's the thing. That's the that's the reasoning behind all of these state laws sure. where they have to identify the person. We have it here in Florida, yeah. too. Even if you don't want to be photographed, they have to release your name as the person who won the prize to prove that but it I was on the up and up. I think you have to show up in Tallahassee, you don't you? You have to show up, but they don't. you don't have to be photographed right. for the media. I think that's okay, just but as long as the folks claim who, are, it in person. who are handing out the money that everybody else chipped in, all the losers, you know, need to know yeah. it's going to the right person. Right, right. Okay, But uh, evidently, I mean, this could set a legal precedent for other states. Very interesting, yeah. And a uh, suspected hit-and-run driver in Miami didn't get a chance to do the run part. Several other drivers got out of their vehicles after his SUV hit nearly half a dozen cars 
at uh, Biscayne Boulevard and Northeast 36th Street. There are cell phone videos showing people trying to drag the guy out of his SUV, yanking off a door handle. One driver even broke every window on the SUV with a sledgehammer. Wow. To try and stop this guy. You know, too often over the years, we've seen the public just, you know, turn away and not want to get involved. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a little too much of a sledgehammer. A little extreme, but uh, they did. They did uh, do the right thing and stop this guy. He was arrested. Fortunately, no one was hurt in the crash. That's what we saw, you know, with with 9-11 and and, and after that, anybody messing around on an airplane, people Mm -hmm. would just come out of their seats, total strangers, to shut down a troublemaker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, that's what... That's what the tragic end of the United flight in uh, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, was all about. Everybody's saying, we're not going to take this anymore, these hijackers. And they, they rushed the cockpit, you know? Yeah. And maybe saved the U.S. Capitol from taking a hit from that plane years ago. Very interesting. Tom Alexander in for Deb. And, of course, he'll be back with the news whenever it breaks in the top and the bottom of the hour all morning long. Boy, it doesn't get much better than this. Our sound judgment game we play once a day. Today, two fantastic prizes for one winner we're about to find. Steph? That's right. So our Sound Judgment winner today gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy board game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump Policy game, a $40 value, is available at trumppolicy.net. And we're also giving away a great pair of tickets to the Melbourne Air and Space Show happening March 24th and 25th at the Melbourne International Airport. The U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds return featuring the Shockwave jet truck and an appearance by the B-2 stealth bomber on Saturday. Purchase tickets in advance and save over 20% at theairandspaceshow.com. Boy, if you're a sound judgment winner, you'll be flying high with air show tickets and the Trump board game. If you get a wrong answer, and a line will open up for you who are getting a busy signal right now. Be ready to jump in at 407-916-5400. So here we go. It's March 13th, and this happens to be the anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as spiritual leader of the world's Catholics. I want you to listen to some sound from the moment white smoke began billowing from the Sistine Chapel in Rome, signaling that a new pope had been selected, and then use your sound judgment to tell me how many years ago today we heard this. The bell is ringing here in Rome, the campanone, the big ring. That means one thing, John Allen. What does it mean? It means... Habemus Papam, Chris. Habemus Papam. We have a listen in. Big news, how many years ago today? Toll free, you're first up. Go ahead. One million. No, that would be wrong, you nutcase. Line four, you're up next on Sound Judgment. How many years ago today did we hear that? Five. Oh, yeah. Wow, you're good. March 13th, 2013, the election of current Pope Francis. Congratulations to you. Thank you. You've won our prizes. You're going to the air show. You got the Trump board game. You got to love that, right? Better than your average start to a Tuesday, I'll bet. It's awesome. <laughs> Great having you on the show. All right, Janota, congratulations to accompany the prizes. Give me your first name, if you will. Steve. Steve, and um, what town are you in this morning, buddy? Mount Dora. Fantastic. One of my favorite towns. Steve, congratulations. You and Stephanie will make the connections off air. For both our prizes, congratulations to you, my friend. Rush morning update coming. And then in the third hour, we're going to be talking about this 
Very disturbing story out of Austin, Texas that frankly could happen everywhere. Packages being delivered to the front door that turn out to be bombs, and they're blowing up, and people are dying, people are being seriously hurt. We're going to talk about how in the world we can protect ourselves in this regard. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a bright, crisp Tuesday morning here at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say they found no collusion with Russia. And it's Election Day in several Orange County cities. Details coming up in one minute. And exploding packages on the front doorstep. And the dawn of the age of drone delivery. This is scary stuff. I want to talk to you about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee will receive a 150 page report from Republicans today on the 2016 presidential election. Republican committee members announced yesterday they found no collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign, so they ended the investigation. Democrats say the Republicans were not impartial during the investigation and didn't push to get some key evidence in the case. For that reason, the Democrats plan to continue investigating. Uh, We're going to continue to do the investigation. Uh, It'll obviously be much more difficult. We've never had the power to call in witnesses, uh, but we've learned a great deal when the majority would. That's California Congressman Adam Schiff, the ranking Democrat on the committee. He says journalists and special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation will also help illuminate the matter further. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Jurors will get to hear some of the last words of one of the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting. The judge in Nor Salman's trial ruled yesterday that prosecutors can play a 911 call from someone who was inside the restroom the night of the shooting almost two years ago person who made that call died in the shooting. The judge will not allow another 911 call from one of the shooting survivors. Salman is accused of helping her late husband plan the shooting. Testimony in her trial begins tomorrow. President Donald Trump is paying tribute to the World Series champs. Game seven of the World Series was one of the greatest baseball games anybody has ever seen. Tremendous for the sport, and uh, it's really a reminder why baseball is our national pastime. In a ceremony at the White House yesterday, the president praised the Houston Astros for their, quote, incredible victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers. He also called it a victory for the ages. The president says many of the Astros' hearts were heavy during the World Series because of the devastation caused in southeast Texas by Hurricane Harvey. Trump called the hurricane unprecedented. Astros manager A.J. Hinch praised the character of his players and said they will not be complacent in this upcoming season. The Astros took a break from spring training in Palm Beach County here in Florida to visit the White House. And it is election day in several Orange County cities today. Voters in Apopka and Winter Park are deciding on their next mayors. Voters in Belle Isle have 13 charter amendment questions on the ballot regarding everything from city council procedures to mayoral duties. Voters in Ocoee are deciding who will get two seats on the city commission. Polls are open until 7 p.m. WFLA News Time Now, 8.06. Scientists discover 15 new planets. You can get the details right now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Good morning to you. 
disturbing story out of Austin, Texas, making all the headlines. Packages delivered on the front doorstep that explode when you pick them up or after you try to open them inside. And all of this coming at the very time when we are told that we are on the cusp of having big-time drone delivery services. The technology is ready all over this country. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, I love technology and I love convenience of home delivery. This combination really scares me. I want to talk about it here in just a moment. Tom, you're a family man. I'm sure you have packages delivered on the front stoop all the time. Somebody goes out, pick them up, bring them in and says, hey, what do we got? And you open it up. Nobody thinks a thing about it. We do it all the time. Sure. What do we do in a situation like they have in Austin, Texas? Where do we go with that? What do you do? Call 911 when you don't recognize a package and get the cops over there and bring the bomb squad in and then decide that it's okay to bring it inside and open up the new, uh, you know, the new cooking scent oh. or something that your wife ordered? What do we do I with this? We're going to wind up with a bomb squad at every house in America every I'm, day of the week because, yeah. I mean, we order so many things online now, we forget what yeah. we've ordered sometimes because it's you know one click and it shows up. So right. if you call the cops every time you have an unidentified package at your door, I mean yeah. but, the cops but, would be spread too am, thin. Am, but am they've got to right? come up with something to help regulate the like especially drone delivery and packages. Yeah, exactly. you know, we may have to start more extensive security screening of packages. But very quickly, do you all agree with me that that is pretty much the way it's done in households all across Scary. America? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you never suspect that there's anything out there that shouldn't be there. Yeah. You pick it up, you bring it in. Mm-hmm. That happened in Austin, Texas. We got people who were dead and critically injured because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that's what the bomber was expecting. Absolutely. But there's even one more scary dimension to this that I'll bet nobody has thought of, and I hate to ruin your morning, but I'm going to bring it up, and we need to talk about how we are going to deal with this moving forward. And stay tuned, if you will, 407 916 Text line always open, never busy, 23680, but standard message and data rates apply there. We'll get into this situation pegged to the exploding packages in Austin, Texas. Stay tuned as well. Coming up right now for your chance to win $1,000 on our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the key word. It's coming right up now after the news and um, just now, as a matter of fact. And then text that word to 200-200. Do it. You could win $1,000. We'll get into this situation with the um, exploding packages and the drone delivery technology that is upon us and where we are all headed with this. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and we'll do that for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. What's happening in Austin, Texas is not happening anywhere, but the fact of the matter is, is there any reason why it couldn't happen absolutely anywhere and everywhere? And what are you supposed to do if there's a package out on the front doorstep? You're inclined like I am to pick it up, bring it inside, and say, say, see what we got. Maybe your wife ordered something you had no idea about it that's totally innocent. You don't suspect that the package might have a bomb and it might kill you. What do you do in this situation? How do you defend against that? The police chief in Austin has this advice to homeowners. If you find any suspicious packages... On your front porch at your residence, do not handle them, but instead call 911 and let us come out and take a look at those packages and ensure that they are safe. If everybody did that with a package they didn't recognize on the front doorstep outside, can you imagine the chaos? Police would be swamped across the country. 
people are getting used to doorstep deliveries now, and they don't think there's anything sinister about it. And until now, there hasn't been. So I'm thinking about the nightmare in Austin, Texas, that could happen anywhere, as I am reading an article in the Wall Street Journal, headlined, Coming Soon to a Front Porch Near You, Package Delivery Via Drone. They say the technology is ready, there are security and privacy concerns, but you're going to begin seeing perhaps this summer package deliveries flown in by remote control by drones that drop them right down, let them off on the front porch, take off. No person there. In Austin, Texas, they say somebody came by, dropped them there, put them there, somebody who had rigged them up as bombs. For what reason, we don't know at this point, but very deadly effective they are. But looking ahead to drone delivery becoming big time and widespread very soon, I can tell you that Amazon's long-time goal, long-term goal, is to pick up packages weighing about five pounds or less from distribution centers and whisk them to you and to me within a 20-mile radius of these centers. Navigating, they say, safely over populated areas and landing in pinpoint locations. Um, these are challenges they say they have pretty much overcome. Here's the ultimate nightmare pegged to the emerging drone delivery technology and what happened in Austin, Texas that could happen anywhere. What is to keep somebody who wants to kill you, who knows how to operate a drone, from flying a bomb in, delivering it, looking like an innocent package to your front doorstep, and it explodes and kills you when you open it or pick it up? How do they catch that person? Because that person is not there. No surveillance video will lead to the arrest. What are we unleashing here? I'm all about convenience. I love the home delivery thing. So does everybody. And I love technology. Okay? I was always worried about drones because I thought they might have cameras peeking in your window invading your privacy. But now we know that they could deliver packaged death by remote control. And it frankly frightens me. Any thoughts on what I've just shared with you here today? Where all of this is headed and how we deal with it and how do we defend ourselves in this scenario? 407-916-5400. Text line is 23680. Standard message and data rates apply, but you will get through. It's never busy. I really want to know what you think about what I've said here. I don't like to be alarmist. I really don't. But I like to be up on talking about, you know, what's on the cutting edge and even ahead of the cutting edge. We pride ourselves on doing that. And I think mission accomplished in that regard, as disturbing as what I've said to you is, and as disturbing as what's happening in Austin, Texas is. You can't call the cops in and the bomb squad every time there's a package you're not sure whether it's something you ordered or not. Really? That's an impractical solution. It's not a solution. It's a prescription for absolute social chaos. And the cops will be swamped. So do you share my genuine concern, if not outright fear, over these exploding packages delivered to front doorsteps in Austin, Texas? coupled with the emerging remote control drone delivery technology 
that is expected to be ready to go big time across America this summer? Yaffe, Steph, what about it? Everybody gets packages delivered on the front doorstep. Yeah, I share your concern. I'm not quite to the outright fear yet because this is still a very rare incident Mm -hmm. that's taking place. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the drone delivery, the fact is, if I wanted to, I could go to a hobby store today, pick up a drone, and deliver a package to someone's house today. Yeah. So in terms of Amazon, you know, having this technology, it's doesn't really change anything if someone wanted to do this they could do this today this person was not using a mail carry service he was doing it on his own steph i know you're aware of the uh frightening story out of austin texas yeah i mean i heard of it yesterday i mean i'm not really you know fearful of it i mean i get packages on a daily basis you just really need to check them and watch them and what do you mean check what do you mean you you look at the package out there correct me if you do it like we do it like everybody i know does it you pick it up, bring it in, set it on the kitchen counter, and say, oh, what do we got here? And open it up. Yeah, that's true. And if you're in Austin, Texas, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Steve, you're in Maitland. Good morning. You're on with the Bud Man on this. What do you think? Bud, I think you need to stop going to websites like CrazeNutJobConspiracyTheory.com. I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I went to many... WallStreetJournal.com for one story uh-huh. and to Fox News for the other. That's not too far out there, is it, Steve? Well, on some of them, might be. I mean, how many crazed bombers do you think are out there, bud? I mean, yes, drone technology is available. Yaffe hit it on the head. If I wanted to, I could go to a hobby store right now. I could go fly a bomb into your the palatial Budman estate and drop it on your head. <laughs> I could send something through the U.S. mail. Okay. I could send something through UPS, through FedEx. I, I think you're overreacting to this. Right. I don't know if it's because of technology. I don't know what it is. But if I wanted to blow you up, if somebody did, they could blow anybody up. Okay. Well, that's reassuring. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. I understand the point that you're making. But the Texas thing is very hard to get a handle on, and it could literally happen everywhere. Take the drone technology emerging out of the equation. Man, what do we do in that situation? Stephen Tavares has an idea. Hello, Steve. Oh, actually, it's Jeff, but that'll work. I'm Um, sorry, Mike. Forgive me here. Let's uh, first, before I give you my analogy, let's reflect back to a guy we called the Unabomber. Yeah. Packages exploding, people dying. Right. Been happening for decades now. Yeah, it took them 18 years to get him. Exactly. But the best best analogy I can give you is this. But imagine you're standing on a good, smooth concrete floor, and you've got a big plate glass mirror, and you just let it fall over and hit the floor, right? Okay. That's our society. It is fractured into so many pieces, but those pieces are still so close together, taking effect. I don't know what just happened there. Problems. All right, I, and we got a bad signal, and I'm not quite sure I got the analogy, but I sure do appreciate you calling. Yaffe, quick check on what's coming in. I'm, I think I'm taking some heat, hopefully good-naturedly, by some on the line and text line. Oh, you mean the people are kind of mocking you a I don't know. Bit? Is there a little of that going around? <laughs> there is. Um, uh, all right. But uh, some people just think you're being a little paranoid Okay. with yeah. this. Maybe not paranoid enough. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say they have found no collusion. The Trump campaign and the Russians and a daycare worker drugged kids so she could go tanning. Amazing story there. And Tom Alexander's in for Deb with all of the news at the bottom of the hour. As we roll on toward the 9 o'clock hour for the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We greet you here on a Tuesday morning, and we're glad you're with us at 830. Tom Alexander in for Deb with the news. You know, normally we don't really know who's on the text line. 
In this case, I think we know who was on the text line because you got a text message a few moments ago off my exploding packages at the doorstep and drone technology rant, and it yeah. said simply, <laughs> Calm down, Dad. Okay, yeah, that's got to be my son, Brad. <laughs> you were asking me that he actually listens, and I said, Well, yeah, it's absolutely required, and our daughter, Carolyn, as well. I get cut out of the will. There's a quiz every morning at 9.15. Come on. This is not optional. you got to listen to the old man. He's working hard here. Let's go, Tom, on the news of the morning out of Washington. Thank you, bud. The Republican majority on the House Intelligence Committee says its investigation into the 2016 presidential election is over. Committee members say they found no collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Republicans are issuing a 150-page report for Democrats on the committee to review Those Democrats say the investigation is not over and that Republicans did not push to get key evidence and testimony in the case. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A woman in Oregon is heading to prison for more than 20 years after pleading guilty to drugging kids at her daycare so she could go to the tanning bed and work out. Yeah? 20 years is not enough. What an outrageous story. Tell us more, Tom. January Netherland faced 11 counts of first-degree criminal mistreatment and one count of third-degree assault. She was arrested last year after police found seven young children unattended at her unlicensed daycare. Investigators say she drugged the children with the sleeping aid melatonin, then left the facility to tan and exercise. Parents reported that their children still struggle with sleeping issues after this. Unbelievable story. I mean, they think you've heard it all. Right. You know, there we go again. Wow. Just terrible. That's awful. Anything? You got any good news? I have I have some slightly uplifting news. Some some ex-cons in Iowa <laughs> could soon be trading one set of pinstripes for another. Okay. They could be refereeing high school basketball games after they get out of prison. There's a nationwide shortage of youth sports referees right now. Iowa has a significant one in high school basketball. So, and because if they don't have enough officials, they'll have to cancel these games. So state athletics officials are concerned. Well, there's a corrections officer in Iowa who is also a referee. Yeah. He's training inmates how to become referees after they get out of prison so that they have some gainful employment, and it solves this issue of this referee shortage. I don't have any problem with that at all. I've been a big advocate here, and it's controversial with some of our listeners that, you know— you ought to have your felon, your, your rights restored if you've paid your debt to society here in the state of Florida. You have trouble doing that. You know, you pay your debt to society, you serve your time, you know, and you still can't vote, can't do other things. And uh, I like that. And, it, you know, they'd be refereeing a game in a, in a very public setting. There, exactly. There wouldn't There's, be any threat to anybody. Right. And the the inmates that he's choosing to teach are um, nonviolent yeah. offenders yeah. who just made poor choices as younger people yeah. in tough environments. Um, analysts say there's a referee shortage because school games pay less than club and AAU games for these referees, yeah. and the young people who used to sign up now have more demanding class schedules and can't do it, and some older referees now can't leave work early multiple days a week to go yeah. do these games. So i got to tell you, I like that. I don't know how you're going to turn an ex-con story into good news, but you've done it, my friend. You've uh, done it. I am to please, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander in for Deb with the news. Orlando's Boone High School has a proud tradition dating back to its founding in 1951. In the mid-1980s, they built their own version of the Vietnam Memorial Wall to remember the nearly three dozen Boone High School students who went off to serve this country in the Vietnam War. 
and never came back. And they've never forgotten them. And they will be remembered again this March 29th, Vietnam Veterans Day, in a very, very special day in conjunction with the federal government's official Vietnam War 50th Anniversary Commemoration Program. I want to welcome a couple of special guests who are live with me in the studio on the 50,000-watt front porch, Vietnam veteran, Boone High School, class of 1962, Commander Herschel Hughes, Jr., and also from the Boone High School Foundation, Karen Bono. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando, Patriots. We really appreciate your being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's talk about what's going to happen on the 29th of March out at Boone High School, shall we, Herschel? Yes, certainly. Go ahead. Well, we the main thing we want to do is honor the 33 men that lost their lives in that war that were students at Boone High School. And that's the primary thing. We want to put a face and a history and a, and a personhood with the names that are carved in that granite monument. And I, we're going to be able to do that. We have pictures of all of them. We have their history. And we're going to share that with the people who attend. It's a special program on Thursday the 29th at 3 p.m. in the auditorium at Boone High School on Cayley Street, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and what exactly will happen there? Tell us about that program. Well, we have a speaker coming to us all the way from South Carolina who was uh, a decorated Marine in the Vietnam War, a classmate of mine from the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, he's going to speak with us. Uh, we have a chaplain from the VA who will uh, do our invocation and benediction. Um, we will have a, a PowerPoint presentation showing all of our 33 men and uh, some of their military accomplishments and as much of personal history about each one as we can share in the time available. Uh, we have 13 certificates of honor from the Department of Defense to give to immediate family members of uh, eight of our men who are listed. And then we also want to recognize any and all veterans who served between 1 November 1955 and 15 May 1975, regardless of their duty station, we want to honor them as a Vietnam-era veteran um, in that ceremony as well. Sounds like this is open to the public, and all Vietnam veterans and their families and friends would be welcome. Would I be correct on that? Absolutely. It is open to the public. Oh, this is just marvelous. Now, I know, Karen, one of the things you're trying to do here is to connect with um, families who survived those who served from Boone High and didn't make it back from Vietnam. And and you have an outreach here. You're, you're, you want to make sure that you connect with as many of them as possible. And all these years later, because that memorial has been up at Boone High since 1985 or thereabouts, and that's a long time ago. Um, how, do we, how do we get people connected to what you're doing for our Vietnam veterans and to honor those who served you know, who were Boone High School students? Okay, uh, thank you. First thing I'd like to do is mention our website, which is boonefoundation.net. And on that website, we have the names of all the men that are listed on the wall. Um, Boone Foundation keeps the most comprehensive database of all of our alumni and that we can get. So we try to get people from the earlier years before there was Internet to register their names on the website so that we're able to reach out to them in their own, in their own classes. 
So what we did this time was try to reach out to as many alumni as we could to say, help us find the families and the friends of these men. And so far, we've only been able to find nine families, and a lot of the friends of one of the men on the wall are attending. But we have 23 men listed on our website that we've been unable to find their family and friends. So we're hoping by being here today that sure. some of the community will look at our website, help us find some of those family and friends, and get back with us. Give them the website again. Okay, it's boonfoundation.net. Boonfoundation.net. Right. You can reach out to the Boone High School Foundation. Correct. And, um, and to everybody who was involved in this very, very special Vietnam uh, Veterans Day program on the 29th of March. What else do we need to know, Herschel, before we go? Well, I would just like to uh, make sure that people are aware of the fact that the, the country as a whole is trying to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Vietnam War and the men and women that fought in it and uh, participated in the military during that time period, and that organizations can apply to become commemorative partners. Uh, my church, Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church, has uh, elected to become a commemorative partner, and it's, and it's through the commemorative partners that were able to get their certificates of honor uh, from the Department of Defense, and we're happy to support Boone uh, in this process. Learn more about it on the uh, on the foundation website, right? Which once again, Karen is boonfoundation.net. Let's honor our Vietnam veterans, as you have been doing for so many years. I've seen pictures of the wall that you have memorializing those who were Boone High students who gave the last full measure of devotion and service to their country in Vietnam, and it's remarkable. And I, I, I just, I, I have an idea that that the folks who go, the kids who go to Boone High School now are reminded of that by seeing that memorial on a regular basis and stay connected to a war that for them seems so long ago. I think that's a great thing you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. We really do, and I really appreciate Boone High School graduate, my good buddy and colleague, Alan Spector, for bringing you to my attention and bringing you here to us today. Thank you, and God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Wow. Yaffe just handed me this during the break and this tweet from President Trump. Mike Pompeo, director of the CIA, will become our new Secretary of State. He will do a fantastic job. Thank you to Rex Tillerson for his service. Gina Haspel will become the new director of the CIA and the first woman so chosen. Congratulations to all! Exclamation point. Tweeted from Donald Trump moments ago. You've been monitoring the Fox News line and White House correspondent John Roberts. What other information do you have on this news, Yaffe? Yeah, apparently Trump asked Rex Tillerson to step aside on Friday. And the reason is he wants a new team in place as he begins dealing with North Korea and possibly meeting with Kim Jong-un. Now, are you telling me that he asked him to step aside last Friday or he asked him to step aside effective this coming Friday? Last Friday. Really? You know, he was in Africa when the announcement of the meeting with Kim Jong-un was made by the president, took everybody by surprise, and apparently Tillerson, as secretary of state, the chief diplomat, was totally out of the loop here. Must have been terribly humiliating for him, I would think. I mean, the former CEO of the world's largest corporation, ExxonMobil, you know, just suddenly out of the loop as Secretary of State on something so enormous, and now out of the Trump cabinet. Yeah, it's been reported for a while that there's been kind of a falling out between the two of them, and a lot of it was just rumor, but it seems like, I guess there's 
some real foundation to those rumors. Well, you remember at one point that um, Tillerson was quoted by some sources as having called the president a moron, and he was asked repeatedly about it and kind of danced around it. Yeah. You know, I think that I think Trump's been out to get him for quite a while. Yeah, that's usually you can't well, call Trump a moron and get away with it in the Trump White well, House. Well, but he is a big, big time player. I've always been impressed with Tillerson. You know, I, I think he's a class act all the way. You hate to see a guy at that level treated this way. Uh, Mike Pompeo has been impressive as CIA. No question about it. And now he's going to be the new secretary of state. Yeah, what a story. Interesting that the new CIA director will be a woman, which Trump pointed out in that tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. He says it's the first time this has ever this has ever happened. Yeah, well, he would so, know, right? <laughs> yeah. Boy. So, so that's interesting. Uh, a lot of women in his administration. He doesn't get a lot of credit for that, but man, I got it. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, this is an extraordinary way to wrap up a remarkable three hours here on the fifty thousand watt front porch. Great to have you with us from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're going to figure out what's going on tomorrow morning and talk about it here on the 50,000-watt front porch. That's what we do, and we wouldn't want to do it without you. We'll be here tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. Until then, for Tom Alexander, in for Deb, for Yaffe, and for Steph, the Budman. Have a great day. Catch Yaffe tonight from 8 until 10 on his own show God bless you and God bless America.